the Minnesota Vikings have brought joy and misery to the Vikings fans for many years. At the Skull Purple Podcast, we just want to see the Vikings party with the Lombardi. Join us for analysis, interviews, laughs, and much more. It's the podcast by Vikings fans, for Vikings fans. The Skull Purple Podcast starts now. Here's your host, Carson Schubert. Welcome in to the Skull Purple Podcast. It's another off-season edition of the show, and it's your guys, David, Tony, and myself, Carson. Hello. How's it going, everybody? Glad to be with you on the Skull Purple Podcast. Again, a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network, and we also have audio versions of the show on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify Podcasts. So make sure if you are not a YouTuber, if you don't like, uh, you just don't like being on YouTube to have to listen to content. I used to be the same way, and now I can't get enough of it because I'm addicted. But anyways, go ahead, and if you're an Apple user, get the podcast on Apple Podcasts, or if you're not, or if you just like Spotify better than um, podcasts, Apple podcasts, then go ahead and listen there as well. But, uh, gentlemen, it's good to be with you guys. It's good to be with you. And, uh, it's been a little bit of a time we've, we've taken a little time. We've been battling sickness, not feeling well at times, uh, work, all the, uh, all the things, all the things. So Tony, first of all, how are you, man? Glad to have you back. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. Uh, feeling a little bit better. Well, feeling a lot a bit better. I should I should say that. We're, we're doing well. Uh, happy to be certainly back on the, the health train here. Uh, and the other thing I was going to point out, too, a big plus, if you do want to listen to us on Apple or Spotify, you don't have to see our faces. So how about That's that? That's right. Yeah. That's right. We should almost. That's a plus for some. We should almost charge people so they don't have to see our faces but uh, yeah exactly exactly that'll that'll be down the line (laughs) but no um david david makes the picture look beautiful for you guys so just just keep looking over at david if that's that's what gets you through so david how are you man i'm doing right i'm doing all right right now yeah loving that uh california weather yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good right now you know well i tell you what david we got into the mid thirties today. So we were pretty excited. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to brag or anything, but I think yeah. we hit like 37. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we're getting closer to that California dreaming. <laughs> I was out on my lawn chair, sun tanning. I'll just keep, <laughs> I'll keep dreaming on that, but uh, not the Tony in his lawn chair tanning, but uh, <laughs> no. the, uh, no Daisy Dukes. No Daisy Dukes for Carson. <laughs> Not yet. Oh, man. No, no, nope, nope. Uh, that is for sure. All right. Well, uh, good to have all of you here. Uh, glad to be bringing you another edition of the Skull Purple Podcast. And uh, gentlemen, since our last time meeting, there's been... Breaking news. Dun, 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 dun. That's not mm-hmm. a great breaking news sounder, but uh, <laughs> there you go. And the Minnesota Vikings, I'm guessing most people have heard by now, don't die of shock. Brian Flores has been hired as the new 
Vikings defensive coordinator. So there you go, gentlemen. And, you know, if you would have asked me, we're recording this on Tuesday night. If you would ask me about, you know, 36 hours away from now, like 36 hours prior to this, or even, you know, a little bit more, I would have said, I am very concerned about this defensive coordinator situation. We're yeah, very close cool. to end up being, ending up with Mike Pettin. Right. End up being, end up being, wow. Um, I do speak <laughs> English, I swear. Yeah, um, you mean with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we could have been with. stuck with Mike Pettin, or we could have been stuck with some guy we've never even heard of, and right. who knows if he's a good coach. So, um, David, I'm curious to hear your thoughts first on Brian Flores. Uh, bringing in the old Dolphins head coach and Steelers linebacker coach. Man, I'm I'm excited about it. I just feel like, you know, this is the right move. They get a hard-nosed guy that's going to come in there and discipline these defensive guys. I mean, he's he's been known to develop, you know, certain sides of the ball, like linebackers and cornerbacks. And this is something the Vikings need, and this is a, a hell of a hire, like – I was really worried Monday afternoon, you know, Monday morning, like, what are they doing here? They, they dropped the bag again with the coach. It's like, is, is Mike Pitton going to be the, you know, the, the DC and what's going to happen there. And it's like, ah, just to hear it, you know, go through, they sign floors. I don't know how much money they signed them for, or how long it is, even if it is a year, like I'm, I'm still going to be excited about it. It's just, it's the right hire. You need a defense that's going to at least be honest and, you know, get, get the offense, the ball again. Like if you have a high power offense, you need a, a defense that's going to complement it. You can't keep putting the offense, you know, the defense out there all game, you know, with these long drives that Donatello defense was. And then when he decided to blitz, it was so obvious and it didn't really do anything. I mean, we talked a lot, you know, maybe the, the last podcast about players being put out of position or are they over the hill. Now there's an adequate defensive coach is like going to put these players, these older players in the right position to succeed. And that's just what I'm excited about. You know, I'm just Lewis seen, you know, I want to see more of him. It's, it's, it's something to look forward to versus last year. Like, okay, here's another long drive, you know, like, yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a great hire. Um, typical Vikings fashion. It's kind of like uh, one of our fourth quarter comebacks this year, is yeah. it not? Like uh, we were down, we were out. You know, it's like the it was like the Buffalo game or the Washington game. Like Washington mm -hmm. goes up by ten points late in the third quarter. Oh no, it's all over. And then the Vikings come surging back in the final minutes to snag Ryan Flores. So mm -hmm. I would have definitely loved to be a fly. Would have loved to have been a fly on the wall at TCO when things were looking not so good for the Vikings to get anybody that they wanted. Right. Uh, I would have been like, Hmm, I wonder if the Wilfs are going to be like, Let's uh, let's give this guy anything he wants. Let's give him a villa in Minneapolis <laughs> if that's what it takes. Yeah, which uh, I don't think that exists in Minneapolis. But um, you know, like they needed him to come here because, like I said, it would have been a disaster 
at least on paper by the guy that they would have ended up with, which would have probably been Ed Donatel, uh, Ed Donatel's uh, replacement, I should say, technically, uh, if if he was not, <clears throat> if Flores was not named the coach, and that would have been Mike Pettin. Right. Um, or they would have had to hire somebody else, and how bad would it have looked if you already interviewed three or four candidates and you didn't widen your search anymore Mm-hmm. For you know, like that's my whole thing. Like they should have widened that search more than what they did originally. I think, but yeah, I got an interesting thing about it, but I want to pass it to Tony before I even. Go yeah, about Tony, it. Tony, what are your thoughts on Brian Flores and bringing him to the Minnesota Vikings as the defensive coordinator? We got two head coaches now, Tony. <laughs> I uh, I hate it. No, I okay. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really. I'm really excited That's about it. it. You're I out. think it's a good move. Yeah, I'm I'm done. Yeah, we revoked. <laughs> Tony's actually not a part of the podcast anymore. Um, no, I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, I obviously like with anything there are pros and cons. However, I think there are many many more pros than there are cons with this hiring. Uh, I do think that this allows this team to potentially make a quicker turnaround on this defense than had we have brought in maybe an unproven talent uh, in the coordinator position or, you know, just somebody else that's a little less established. And look, I get you need to give guys a chance, but it is more of a risk. Flores is more of a known commodity. He's a great coach. He's been known to be a good coach. He is a bit more of an authoritarian, an authoritarian, authoritarian i don't know there you go authoritative authoritative there we go authoritative figure in the coaching um role you know so he's going to demand respect and he's also going to demand a lot out of his players and i think we need that i think there's a good counterbalance to what we see with kevin o'connell a bit and i love kevin o'connell but i do think that kevin o'connell likes and feels comfortable in the more players coach role where he's a little bit, I don't want to say soft. I just mean, I think he likes to, to toe the line where players are going to feel comfortable and he doesn't want to be too overbearing with players. Whereas I think Flores, not to say he's going to be overbearing, but I would say he skews more towards a Mike Zimmer than Mm -hmm. he would a Kevin O'Connell, where again, he's going to be a bit more, demanding on those players so i think that's good i think it's also good for the young guys as we we've talked about in the last podcast they are going to need to rely on young talent that those might be rookies we draft this year it might be guys like cam dantzler andrew booth jr lewis seen um you know guys that are still very young in their careers um you know they're going to need a leader and i think that flores provides that leadership so i'm excited I agree. Yeah, I I think it's interesting to talk about um, the reasoning why some of these guys were not interested in coming to Minnesota. And, you know, we were talking about it in our group chat uh, multiple times. But uh, when those reports were coming out that it's like, oh, well, the Vikings have two people left on their radar. It's like... <laughs> Well, this kind of this kind of stinks. Yeah, strike one, strike two, almost strike three. Mm-hmm. Had Flores decided to go elsewhere, but um, I heard Captain Crunch was on deck. If Flores didn't, <laughs> that's right, that's right. Maybe Mike Zimmer. 
No. Something. Um, I've heard people talk about that. Yeah. Well, it'd be nice if Mike Zimmer could come back. Yeah, not happening. But, not happening. Um, yeah, as they, much in our dreams. Yeah, in our dreams. But also, the defense wasn't good his last year either. So yeah, let's uh, see. Let's I have not a weird. That I have a weird philosophy. Really quick. Yeah. And Dave, David, and I talked about this a little bit one on one. Uh, so David, this is going to be. You're going to hear me repeat this again for all the listeners, first time. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I the personally we think go. I think that Zimmer because uh, you mentioned like well the defense didn't look that great under Zimmer I kind of think the last two years with Zimmer I th- I think the defense was obviously not great but I think part of it was the organization basically was like we need to roll with this offense focus on offense mm-hmm. and I think he just was like alright let's see what happens and I think he in some ways almost like knowingly slash willingly let that defense kind of implode on itself. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he was trying to lose. I just mean, I think he kind of looked at it and went, well, fine, we'll do it your way. And it's not going to be great. That's what it wasn't great. Um, I don't know. It just, it, I have a weird conspiracy theory that old Zim dogs was once they kind of pulled the rug out from under him with the cousins thing. I think he became a little disinterested and it led to maybe him making some decisions that were more spiteful than they were for the best of the team. So you're saying, Tony, if you really think about it, though, the defense actually got extremely bad after Cousins signed that extension. Maybe Zimmer yep. had something in the pocket to say, hey, we move away from this guy because contract is going to be up at a certain time. I can get this defense back together. And they basically recommitted to Cousins something that he didn't want to do in the first place. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to be an old grizzled man and I'm going to be so spiteful. Yep. Yep. And I think Zimmer was, I can see it. I can see (laughs) it. Kirk Cousins tore the Vikings apart, the franchise apart. (laughs) Well, I think, I think that Zimmer looked, I think Zimmer looked at quarterbacks like all three of us talk about running backs. I think Zimmer honestly probably looked at the quarterback position and his confidence, what he could do with a defense and said, I don't really need a, a top guy and at the quarterback position. I just yeah. need somebody that can run, run the offense and not make so mistakes. Yeah. That's why he loved Teddy so much. Yeah, and I love Teddy too. I'm a Teddy guy, but Teddy was like the prototypical guy that, that Zimmer would have wanted. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. manages the game. Well, Tuddy, Tuddy, <laughs> Tuddy Teddy. Uh, Teddy was very clutch. He played his best football in the fourth quarter. You can tell I'm a Teddy guy. I really am. Um, but he he honestly was was like that was a Zimmer quarterback right yeah. there. He didn't want a Drew Brees. Oh, he didn't want a Aaron Rodgers. He didn't want some guy with an ego. He wanted a guy to run the offense and not make mistakes. I mean, just think about it. How how Teddy Jim treated. How he treated Case Keenum when they were actually winning games. They were actually one of the the best teams in the league. And he would come out in press conference and say, "Yeah, we're winning it because this guy has a horseshoe around his neck." Like he would make comments like that, not really give you know Case any credit, you know, for the wins that they were having because he knew that defense was the best defense in the league, and that's the reason why Case Keenum was having those short fields because his defense was actually doing the job. Yeah, he didn't even let Case yeah. Keenum eat with the team. I'm just kidding. I made that up. That's right. Case Keenum was nowhere to be found for lunchtime. Um, he had to eat on the bus. 
That's right. That's so right. He with the kicker. But no, I I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of accuracy to what you're saying there, Tony. I think Zimmer was fed up. I think is yeah, really what it boils down to the last couple of years. And I think you kind of slowly started to see it progress from 2018 till the final year of his uh, time in Minnesota. Like you know, the defense got a little bit worse in 2019. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit worse in 2020, or a lot worse, and then even worse in 2021. And then, you know, everybody's like, all right, Zimmer's gone. Well, the defense can't get any worse again, right? Well, newsflash. (laughs) (laughs) It did. It did get worse. And now here we are, and we've brought in Brian Flores. Now, you know, I think it's interesting, though, gentlemen, to talk about the different philosophies about these, about the head coach, like Kevin O'Connell, you know, like a Mike Zimmer, because I think there's, there's those coaches that are a little bit too prideful about their side of the ball where like a Mike Zimmer, you know, he was like so prideful that he didn't want to spend money on anything else, but defense pretty Mm -hmm. much is what it boiled down to run the football and spend money on defense defense is pretty much what he wanted to do. Right. So now I think there's an interesting side of that where you go, okay, well, now that we have an offensive head coach, now we'll, now we'll be good. Well, wait a minute here. Now he's an offensive head coach. So what does he think about defense? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, does he think about defense the same way Mike Zimmer used to think about offense? Eh, Well, we'll bring in this old crusty guy at Donatel and, We'll just let him run the show, and he know he's he knows football. Obviously, he's been in it for so long, right? Yeah. But uh, that didn't work out. That didn't work out. So, and maybe it was just that you know Kevin O'Connell wanted a safe hire, safe, obviously not so safe, mm-hmm. um, to just kind of come in right away so he could adjust. And I do think that is fair to give him an adjustment period to being a head coach. You know, being a first-time play caller. You know, that does take an adjustment period, but, and also another aspect is how, how short amount of time they had to put a staff together after O'Connell, it was the Super Bowl. Like he was in the Super Bowl last year, you know, like that's something we don't talk about as much either. You know, he had little time to actually get things. Okay. We got to, got to not only get my defensive coordinator, but I got to get my offensive staff. I got to get my defensive staff. Mm -hmm. And then we also got to prepare for the draft. We got to prepare for free agency we got to see what we need we got to see you know and then we also got to um we also got to play play uh yes sir to the wilfs if you will where it's like okay this is this is what we're doing wilfs yes sir uh we will not rebuild (laughs) you know so like i think there's i think there's a lot of aspects to the o'connell hiring and honestly it still is a miracle to me that this team went 13 and 4 it really is. And uh, the way the defense played, you know, Co- O'Connell did great things with the offense. Jefferson, obviously. And obviously Kirk Cousins, what O'Connell did with him. But um, I think we are seeing a little bit of that with O'Connell's first year where he didn't pay as much attention to the defense. Now let's see if that changes here in year two or if it's kind of like last year where he just kind of lets it be with um, Brian Flores and say, hey, Flo." Flo, it's you. You're my defensive man. 
We're letting you handle this. Now, I'm not totally against that, but I do think as the head coach, like if things go south again, like that's that's on you too. Yeah. Like, so that's that's where I'm at with it. So David, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's why the floor is higher higher is so good and so important because you're actually giving Kevin O'Connell a successful type of head coach that he has never had. Um, well, me and Tony talked about, you know, one-on-one. You're telling me Mike Patton wasn't a successful head coach? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> when me and Tony talked about one-on-one, you know, not too long ago, basically the, the, the day the, the news fell was it's going to be interesting to see what the coaching dynamic is going to be going forward. We know Kevin O'Connell is the head coach, but you guys remember when they brought everybody in, it was Kevin O'Connell as the head coach. Mike Pettin is like the assistant head coach and Ed Donatello was the defensive coordinator. I'm going to be interested to see what Mike Pettin's role is going to be going forward because I can guarantee Flores wasn't going to come in here and have to answer the two guys. He's already going to be okay answering to you know, KLC because he's the head coach. But what is Mike Pettin going to do at this point? Is he just a glorified bench coach now at this point? Because, I mean, what is he going to do? I want to. I heard that. somebody else refer to Pettin as a bench coach. What is this, baseball? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. You know, like he's basically a basically kind of what Flores was. He was a right. defensive assistant, like a like a consultant or whatever right, they yeah. want to word it That's as. Yeah. That would be a better title title for Mike Pitton going forward as a defensive consultant or consultant to the head coach because defensive not, coordinator in waiting. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'd rather have Flores any day just to be a defensive coordinator. Mike Pitton is I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just saying when Mike. Flores leaves. I don't I, I don't know. Um I had this interesting thing saying with Tony. I said that the, 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 one of the bad things that KOC has to look at is if KOC starts to mess up or does anything crazy, Mike Flores will take the job. I mean, Brian Flores will take the job, you know, because he's already done it before. And it kind of puts pressure on KOC to actually continue to do the right thing because you have a, a head coach that's behind you. You know, it's, it's not just an old grizzled guy who's comfortable with or happy with just being a defensive coordinator. So and then, and then Brian Flores is going to tell Kirk Cousins that uh, I would have taken Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that whole <laughs> Mac Jones thing. You know, I have a crazy theory about that too. That was that's just you know Belichick and you know the other coach over there at Alabama. They're buddies. What's the what's the safe draft Saban. pick for me this year? Yeah. yeah, that's that's just him and Saban being buddies. That's all that was. It's just I gotta pick a quarterback this season. So your guy looks good. Is he okay? Is he gonna does he know the, the Patriot way? Yeah, he knows the Bama way. Okay, he's safe. Let's take him. That's all that was. That's all it was. Well, but Tua was a Bama man too. Yeah, but Tua's no. <laughs> no, two is left-handed. It's okay. He's not going to. <laughs> I will say, I will say nothing against lefties, but watching a left-handed quarterback throw mm -hmm. the football is one of the biggest eyesores I have in my yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it, it just weird. does not look right. You know, like yeah, as a right-hander, of course, I don't. Yeah, it, it doesn't look right, but it's just yeah, like even like on Madden, like. Every yeah. time I get a left-handed quarterback, okay, time to trade him. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it <laughs> it's, it's like I just can't watch it. 
but no, yeah, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm just interested to see what that what that dynamic is going to look like because I can I, I guarantee that Mike Pitten is going to move to some different type of title going forward because I don't think Flores would have came on board if that was you know if he that was the case of him answering the two head coaches and I really think that what Flores is doing is I'm not saying he's he's going to be here two years or three years or whatever. He might even be here one year, but if he brings this defense, you know, to maybe a, a top 15 defense, then he's done a good job and he's going to be, you know, warranted for another head coaching job the year round because his defense is so bad. It can only go, you know, go no higher than up. The other guys I feel didn't want to work. They really wanted to go to defenses to where, you know, Hey, it's, it's easy to, you know, to just be a coordinator and, you know, look good. Like, like the Niners, for example, the Niners already have one of the, the best defense in the league. The guy who gets that job, you know, he's going to look good. Just like the Ryan's look good. Just like, you know, Robert Sala look good. This job actually requires work. You, yeah. need to, you have to develop talent. You have aging players. You have to figure out what scheme is best for Asian players and young players coming in. This is this is this is a, a coordinator job. Like this is the job. So mm-hmm. it's not just sitting sitting back calling plays. He has to actually work. So I'm just gonna be interested to see what what you know position coaches he bring in and his philosophy. Um, I'm gonna let Tony back in here in a moment, but uh, I just want to say let's uh, let's not start printing the Super Bowl tickets yet. Here, guys. <laughs> Let's uh, let's hold the phone because we know, like, as you said, uh, David, with the scheme and the older players and then you got some of these younger guys, like, how's that going to work? Yeah, I'm I'm still worried. Like, I, you know, Brian Flores, like, I think he can do great things, but can he work miracles? Like, that's basically what we're asking him to do right here is work miracles with the defense that we have in place. Obviously, there's going to be drafted players, and obviously right. the Vikings can make moves this offseason. But uh, I'm going to tell you right now that this offseason, this offseason and next offseason for the Minnesota Vikings are probably the most crucial offseasons in this team's history. Like, I know that's easy to say because it's right now, but, <laughs> like, I think if the Vikings play this right, they could very well be a competitor for many years to come if they play it right. But if they continue to let these older players con- continue to um, collect moss, if you will, or collect dust on the starting roster, yeah. then I have a feeling this rebuild is going to take too long and things are going to go south. I really do. I hope that's not the case. Trust me. As a Vikings fan, why why are we doing this? We want to see the Vikings party with the Lombardi. Lombardi. So, you know, we want the Super Bowl. We want to see a Super Bowl. And, you know, maybe it'll never happen, but that's that's my take on it. But um, I, think, I think Flores is a step in the right direction. Now, can we see the Vikings take steps this offseason? I'm not saying you have to dump every veteran, but... You're going to have to dump some. You're going to have to dump some of these guys. You can't just continue to, all right, we're bringing him back, bringing him back, bringing him back. And I know we spent like, I don't know how long on our last episode talking about this, but it just gets to be the same old song and dance, and it just does not work. It just won't. Eventually, you're going to 
you're going to end up like a Indianapolis Colts team or like an Atlanta Falcons team when Matt Ryan uh, finally left. And now they're kind of picking up the pieces there. And But uh, Tony, interested to get your thoughts on anything I said and then anything else you want to say on Flores. I agree, Carson. I think the the biggest thing, and and it comes to no surprise to any of our listeners that were obviously that had joined us in the last podcast uh, when I talked about potentially selling Justin Jefferson. Uh, Still keep sending the hate mail, by the way, to Carson. Um, Haven't got any yet, but uh, now (laughs) now we probably will. Now we will. Um, We're going to read them live on air while I cry. Um, But... (laughs) You know, it it's uh it is one of those things where you're right, and I, I think that my biggest hope, which is gonna sound crazy, is that we do decide to bite the bullet and you know, yeah, try to basically capitalize on what we can. Uh, meaning that if there are players that have trade capital, trade value, that we do try to utilize that and reinvest that capital whether they they be picks um or even a player i mean depending Mm -hmm. on who who it is um on the defensive side of the ball because at the end of the day uh we need to figure it out and we're just we're way out of balance i think that's that's the thing that scares me the offense i think is in a good spot but the defense is in such a bad spot that you just can't that's not winning football you need to have balance and uh, if it means that the offense needs to, you know, maybe lose a piece or two. I mean, we talked about people like Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, while I'd love to have him stay, we we might need that value to to be on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, and that might need to come in the form of picks or again picks in a player. You know, just we'll see. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's that. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up too, Carson, you talked about scheme. Uh, the one thing we can look forward to is something for let's join the podcast family for the last many months we've been doing is that I am rooming for this defense more grass and we will search with All right. Tony, we are going to put you in the green room because you are you are cutting out, sir. You are cutting out big time, man. Ooh, Tony. Um got some connection issues there, I think, Tony. Um, but yeah, I think I won't I won't try and guess what Tony was gonna say, but um I think it's interesting, David, to talk about the scheme because you know, we've we've been so close to We've, we've been so close to seeing the Vikings with a 4-3 scheme for so many years. Yeah. And obviously last year was the first year. Whoop, wrong one. Um, last year was the first year with the Vikings trying the 3-4. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's... It was a disaster. Right. You know, and, and here's something that I don't think many people talk about, David. Not only was it the first year the Vikings played a uh, three-four in how many years? Like since the eighties, I want to say eighties. Right, but also, these players have been ninety percent of the players on defense. You know, maybe that's a little bit high, but almost all of the Vikings defense that was here for Mike Zimmer, like the Eric Kendricks, you start at every level. The Harrison Smith, the Daniel Hunter, even Daniel Hunter, yeah. you know, all of those guys. 
they were in a 4-3 for all of those years. You can't just expect them, okay, just like that. They know what they're doing in a 3-4 here. So, Yeah, that's, um, that's something I was really disappointed in, too. I was really hoping that Donatello would kind of tailor the defense to the players that he had. Like, I don't I understand, like, Daniel Hunter didn't drop back a whole bunch, but Daniel Hunter should never be dropping back. Hand in the dirt, get, get his face in front of that tackle, you know, just get these sacks, even though Daniel Hunter had a still wind up having a great season, that just lets you know he's not cooked. And when he's healthy, he's still one of the best defensive players in the league. But you need a, you need a defensive coordinator that's going to be creative and actually put players in the right position to succeed. Like we didn't see a lot of Harrison Smith playing at the line of scrimmage this year. He was playing a lot of coverage. And, you know, he's Harry the Hitman for a reason. Like you have to allow him to do that. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, hopefully we can get Tony back in here uh, at some point. Uh, just send him a text. <laughs> but uh, while we wait for Tony to return here, uh, Mr. David, we got to yeah. talk about DraftKings because DraftKings is one of our sponsors through the Pigskin Podcast Network. And are you ready, David, for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, customers can get in on Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time or 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific to see what prop bet will be boosted. Uh, so make sure to download the Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. We got it on the screen there for you. And new customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. And David, I just went to take a look at those Super Bowl odds, by the way. And right now, Philadelphia is favored by one and a half. The over-under for the game is 51, by the way. And uh, the money line is plus 105 on the Chiefs, minus 125 on the Eagles. And passing props. There's all kinds of props, by the way, David. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you could kind of get lost in all the props that are available all the time. But uh, here's one prop I find interesting. I mean, it's not an unusual one. But uh, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes over-under for their passing number totals. The over-under for Jalen Hurts and his passing total, 241 and a half yards. And for Patrick Mahomes, 294 and a half yards. Hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, if I was the betting man, David, that's, on this particular that's thing. That's money in the bank right there. <laughs> do you, do you, what do you think? I, I think I'd take over on Jalen Hurts, 241 yeah. and a half passing yards. Right. But I, with that Eagles secondary, I'm thinking I might take under on Patrick Mahomes. Wow. I might. I might do that. I wouldn't, you know, it'd be a risk for sure because it's Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, I, uh, I would definitely think about it, but 
Yeah, one and a half in favor of the Eagles right now. Again, that's DraftKings Sportsbook. And again, use the code TPPN, $5. You can bet $5 instantly on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Obviously, there are minimum age and eligibility restrictions that apply. But uh, that is going to bring us into our next topic and to bring us bring us back together. Tony has returned. And uh, Tony, uh, we are glad to have you back, even though <laughs> even though you are uh, struggling over there with some internet stuff, but uh, we've all been down that path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, 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 you guys have me for the long run. Now, I, I, uh, I think we should be good. I, I had a little blip in the old internet, so, uh, but I, I just wanted to, I, th- I wanted to make a really good point about the Flores thing, and then let's keep going. I was just gonna say sure. the one, the one great thing about what we'll get out of Flores that I have been just really pounding the table on for like, all season, we'll say is that I wanted this defense to be more aggressive. Right. And we will get more aggression with Flores. Uh, Donatel, uh, I believe our blitz rate was somewhere in like 18%, which was one of the lowest blitz rates in the league. And uh, Flores, in 2020, when he was uh, the head coach of Miami, uh, he was, I think, at like 40%. So, I mean, it's a significantly more. And I'm not saying... We're going to have a 40% blitz rate, but historically he's generally his defenses, I should say, have been between 30 and 40% uh, blitz rate. So this team will be more aggressive. Uh, we will be uh, assured of that, which I am. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. You got to get to the quarterback. Exactly. exactly. You can't just sit back and play eight to 10 yards off of receivers and expect to, you know, them not to get first down. So I'm all for it. Yeah, Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, before we get into the uh, Pro Bowl festivities that took place, uh, mainly talking from a Vikings perspective, we will talk about it from an NFL perspective on our Overt Sports show, the Flea Flicker Fancast on the Overt Sports, that's O-V-E-R-T Sports YouTube channel. So make sure to go over there and subscribe and get all NFL content, not just Vikings content, if you are an all-NFL fan. But, uh, yeah, Lewis Seen back on the field. Tony and David, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Lewis Seen can do in 2023. Uh, Hopefully he gets that opportunity with Brian Flores. That's another thing we never maybe talked much about is was it Ed Donatel's fault that some of these rookies didn't see early playing time? Um, it but, was, uh, but we can, we can talk all, we can talk about that as you talk about Lewis scene as well. Go ahead, David. Um, I'm excited. I mean, the kid was already walking a little bit earlier than expected. I mean, he's spending a lot of time at the training facility, getting that leg a little bit stronger. I'm just, I'm just hoping, you know, the rehab goes well and, Maybe he won't be on the pub list, you know, with training camp. And I'm just excited about it because everything he is is everything Flores will want in a player. Like he he wants to hit you in the mouth. He wants to jump routes. You 
he wants to play at the line of scrimmage. Everything he was at Georgia is what this defense needs. And that's kind of the reason why I was a little disappointed with his first season with Donatel because, hey, safety's not making big plays, you know, um, can bind him out of position. It's like you drafted him in the first round to play. You drafted him in the first round to make a difference on this defense because you knew this defense needed help. And why not play him? I just think Donatel was pretty much stuck in the old, oh, he's a he's a rookie. He has to learn it. But just like you guys say all the time, like the NFL is a business. You just wasted a year for Lewis Seen. And, you know, but that that contract is going to come real, real fast. You know, like look at JJ. He's, yes, yesterday he was just, just drafted. And now he's already due a contract extension. And you wasted a year, you know, with a safety like Lewis Seen that could have actually made a big difference, uh, you know, for the defense last year. And he was basically on the kickoff. And I think that was just all Donatel. And, you know, and I think KLC being a rookie head coach, not being able to step in the office and say, look, we drafted this guy for a reason. We need him to play. Even if he makes mistakes, it can't get no worse than what it already is. Like, I don't I didn't understand that. But I'm excited for Lewis. I, I really am. I think he's going to have a I can't say he's going to have a breakout year because, you know, he didn't really play and he doesn't really have a bar of where he set his play at because he didn't play. But he's going to be real productive this year. And we're going to see a lot of Lewis scene. I just really wish the kick stay healthy and have a great career with the Vikings. That's all I want. Tony. I mean, very excited. I mean, I, I agree with everything that David said. Excited to see what scene can do. I do think that, you know, the addition of having scene uh, will help push Harrison Smith, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I know we talked in the last podcast about what we wanted to do with Harrison Smith. Uh, you know, in, in our ideal world, if we had control over player personnel, would we cut him, trade him, extend him? And, uh, you know, I think unanimously, unless I'm remembering incorrectly, I think we all kind of agreed that, um, you know, at least maybe restructuring uh, Harrison Smith made sense because of the injury uh, to scene. You know, we, we just hadn't. Uh, for lack of a better word, seen uh, what uh, what he could do uh, because he really lost out on a, a rookie season. Yeah. But, you know, the other aspect of this to be excited about, and David talked about this, Flores likes to, he likes to get aggressive. And now you have two safeties that are willing to get up on the line and be aggressive and that you know i mean think of it this way if you had both of those guys dropping into the box maybe both maybe both drop back into coverage maybe one blitzes you don't know which one's coming in i mean you could get pretty creative and boy i mean you, you know you start talking about these things it makes you a little excited about what this defense could look like now i'm not saying we're going to be the 85 bears i'm just saying that it would be <laughs> nice to see a defense that puts pressure on the quarterback because you know what pressure when no pressure does it Break creates line. mistakes yep and um and that's what this team was missing i think what we saw early in the season was us kind of forcing some of those mistakes mm-hmm. meaning you know we we had some balls bounce our way with some interceptions namely like josh allen we had the you know uh amir marset uh, smith marset uh just giving the Secret ball back agent, to yeah. Yeah, giving the ball. And that guy's in the Super Bowl. 
Cam Dantzler. <laughs> Go Chiefs. <You> know? <laughs> but at the end of the day, right, like you need to have you need to have a scheme that kind of produces. I mean, how many defenses have we have we watched over the years where if you really look at the player personnel, you go, I don't really know if this these guys are all that great, but boy, they play aggressive and they're very opportunistic. And that's where you can have defenses that might not be these powerhouses still perform really well because they're able to create turnovers. And that's what we really need out of this defense now. And I think you can start to build off of that uh, in the years to come. So so basically, San Antonio, you're saying that New York defense that took us off the playoffs, where they just play so aggressive, imagine what the Vikings could have did with a defense like that with their offense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, with not Daniel Jones. I mean, I don't care. If you- the Eagles, too. I don't care how much of a Kirk Cousins hater you are. If you're taking Daniel Jones over Kirk Cousins, you might hate Kirk Cousins a little bit. Hey, too. Vanilla Vic, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. No. there. If there's yeah. anybody in this world that would pay Daniel Jones $35 million a year or more, you need to be fired from your job instantly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care how much potential you think Daniel Jones has, he is not worth that kind of money. Yeah. Like agreed. Like I, you know, people, you know, say, well, that's the new quarterback market and all that. I don't think so. I'm not, you know, it may be the new quarterback market, but I still ain't paying that to Daniel Jones. He's <laughs> not, he's not better than like a top 15 at, at best, at best quarterback in this league right now. And yeah. I am not I there's no way in you know what that I'm paying him that kind of money. But someone will. Somebody will be dumb enough and somebody that should be fired immediately, yeah. like I said. <laughs> I do think it's funny how looking back at the years of football that I've consumed, I remember back in the two thousand and nine season, uh Favre coming to the Vikings and he was going to get this massive contract and it was going to be worth $20 million for the year. And now of course it's like 20 million. (laughs) That's nothing. That's a bargain now. (laughs) But at the time it was like, Oh boy. Yeah, no, I hear you, but no, I'm, I want to see if we're going to actually see gentlemen, what I was hoping we would see. I know a lot of seeing going on, but um, I was hoping to see at the beginning of this season more three safety looks, and we saw that never. We didn't see a three safety look all season, I don't think, unless I'm missing one time that that happened. But let's see some three safety looks with Lewis Seen in there, with Harrison Smith in there, with maybe Cam Bynum in there, even though I'm not so sold on Cam Bynum. Yeah, we but- saw a few, a, a few, but it was Josh Metellus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Josh Patelis. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't forget. You should was start over Cam Bynum, by the way. Don't forget about all those games where we saw no safety looks. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. I just think like going, at, you know, going forward with seeing like what you can do if you have a problem with your linebackers. I'm, Jordan Hicks probably is not going to be backward. The jury is still going to be out on Eric Kendricks. But what you can do with seeing is since he's so big and he's so versatile, when you take a, a linebacker off the field, 
you can put him in that position and he can actually cover guys. Yeah. You know, and and 100%. You can, yeah, and you can still have Cam Bynum out there with Harrison Smith. So it's like you're not losing anything. It's it's an advantage. It, it really is. Yep. By the way, I want to look up Josh Metellus 40 time. And he had a four five five forty yard dash. Okay, so now let's check check Lewis scene. This is great on air stuff right here. Lewis scene a four three seven. So you're ca- you can tell me you you guys we can talk about this. He could cover Saquon That's Barkley. Fast. Yeah, it's fast. Yeah, for safety because safeties are really are pretty much receivers that can't catch and they can't run like a like a like a regular cornerback. Uh, that is fast. Four yeah. three. That, that's. Yep. I just hope we can still keep it with the with the leg injury. You know, we have to put that right in play also. Right, but yeah, no, he's got the ability to keep up with those running backs, and with a lot of receivers too. So that's uh, that's for sure. But uh, quick question, Carson. Uh, yeah, quick question. go for it. Um, I saw that the the highest rated rookies. The highest rated safety this year was actually the the, the safety um Hamilton from um Baltimore. Oh, you, oh Kyle Hamilton, you, who was available uh, at pick number 12. Yeah, I, I know that was that that was the guy you wanted. Do you oh, think, weird how that works? I was right about something. <laughs> you you was right. No, you were right. I, do you, there's do you there's think, been plenty of times when I've been wrong, but do you think I was right this time? Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> do you think with a different philosophy if Flores was the defensive coordinator last year that scene would have been on that list one way or or another I don't know if he would have been the top safety in the league but he could have been he could have been top half of the league I think okay you know I I think I think Kyle Hamilton like he like people knew he was a blue chip plug and play type of guy when he was in the draft, which again is why I was like, get him (laughs) like, like, you know, put him next to Harrison Smith. Like everybody at the beginning of the year, Oh, Cam Bynum. He's the starter. He's the starter. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Is it fine? (laughs) Like, I'm not saying it's all Cam Bynum's fault that he was in the position that he was in a lot of times. Thanks at Donatel, but Kyle Hamilton is better than Cam Bynum is and probably ever will be. Mm. I'm and again, Cam Bynum, you know, no no offense to Cam Bynum. He's a good dude. And uh but you know, he was a sixth round pick, right? Like, you know, not not very often are you gonna see yeah, that. He was a converted corner to safety. Right. So I I think he's still got value on this team. I mean, he can he can get some reps and stuff, but I'm not convinced he should be out there um, more more times than not. That's just my thought. But, anyways, um, no, you're right. I was I was correct about, uh, about you, some, you were correct some guy. About that. <laughs> it was a first time for everything. So, um, but no, uh, glad to see that Lewis Seen is back, uh, back getting in his work, getting healthy. Um, I do have high hopes for him. I think, I think he is the heir apparent to Harrison Smith. I think his game is very similar to Harrison Smith's, 
but he's faster than Harrison Smith ever was. So yes. um, I think that will add an even bigger layer to what he can do on the field. So, all right, gentlemen, let's, let's talk about this briefly. We don't need to spend much time on this. <laughs> Kirk Cousins leads the NFC to a Pro Bowl victory, 150 passing yards, three touchdowns in the game for old Kirky boy. Also, the highlight of his game was escaping a sack of Max Crosby in the flag football game. And uh, he was able to spin around and throw a touchdown to Mr. Gritty himself, Justin Jefferson. And, uh, you know, good for Kirk. That's about all I've got to say. You know, people that if there's somebody that's like after that Pro Bowl game, that's like, okay, now we can keep Kirk for five years. Get out of here. Get out of here. It's a Pro Bowl game, and it's not even a game. It's a flag football game. Give it a rest. Like, good for Kirk. I'm glad he, I'm glad he played well. You know, I, you don't see us on here saying, oh, yeah, TJ Hawkinson, woo, best tight end of the league because he caught a 45-yard touchdown. He's a, he's a good tight end, and I'd argue he's top 10, maybe top 5, but, right. you know, like, I, <laughs> it just bugs the daylights out of me that, all the, you know, you you have one good game in a Pro Bowl game where people are probably not even putting forth their best effort, and you just want people to expect to say, "All right, Kirk has proven all the doubters wrong." <laughs> it's like, really, winning in a meaningless game—that's probably right. That is uh, right up Kirk's alley. Anyways, uh... <laughs> yeah, I would say, is there anything more Kirk Cousins? than winning in a flag football game like that's no there is not there is not the kirk hate is real that's right that's right. <laughs> all we do we are kirk. purple daily jr here nah uh, you, you guys know i love kirk man he's my guy but uh any any thoughts on kirk cousins winning i don't think he won the mvp i don't even know if they gave an mvp but he was on nfl twitter they they put out a they put out a poll or they put out a question who's your flag football mvp and they put tyler huntley stat line geno smith's stat line cd lamb stat line and kirk cousins stat line geno smith's stat line was better than kirk cousins by the way but uh, it was i'll uh i'll digress on that one gentlemen any thoughts on this i mean i'll i guess i'll go first no uh (laughs) i mean (laughs) i i i will fully admit i will fully admit that i am a football nerd enough where I did not live, but I did catch all of the, uh, the highlights. And I, uh, you know, I went on YouTube, shout out to YouTube, make sure like, and subscribe to the skull purple podcast channel. Um, I did watch the videos of like, you know, the skill stuff. I thought some of that was pretty fun. Uh, but the one thing that I did not watch was the flag football game. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It just it didn't interest me. I would rather watch Zadarius Smith try to hit tee shots, which I did do, um, than watch that flag football game. Which, by the way, Zadarius Smith is really bad at golf, but that didn't surprise <laughs> me at all. Yes. Yeah. He is very bad at golf. Good thing he's rushing the passer in the NFL. That's, that's for sure. When he's well, healthy, you know, funny- he's really good at it. The funny thing is, so was TJ Hawkinson, who also was in that little skills thing. Uh, he also <laughs> was not very good hitting tee shots. Um, and no surprise, uh, I think the best 
uh, players in that little skills competition they had were, I think, kickers. So it's like, oh, yeah, kickers <laughs> being good at golf. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, what else do they do? They kick field goals and they golf. That's all yeah. they do. That's right. After they've kicked their quota of field goals while the rest of the team is practicing, they go get their tee shots in. So that's, <laughs> exactly. that's, that's how it goes. But anyways, that's all we're going to talk about. Any Anything else on Kirk Cousins, David, do you want to mention here? No. No. All right. I'm going to save all what I have to say for this Pro Bowl for the NFL show. So, All right. All right. Very good. Last topic, gentlemen, we're going to wrap up with this. It's a little bit of a shorter show, and by shorter, an hour does not mean really that short. But in our, <laughs> based on what we did last time, an hour and a half, uh, it's a little shorter. Um, we're streaming but, 24 hours. That's right. But no, um, I want to say before we get to our last topic here, make sure to like, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Find our audio and uh, follow, subscribe, download our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts as well. And also want to mention that we may be having another bonus episode this week, by the way. And uh, we might be getting Matt Anderson from Climbing the Pocket. He's the host of the Happy Hour, Vikings Happy Hour show. We might have him on as a guest. I'll be probably talking with him at some point this week and we'll probably try and get out some more YouTube content for those of you that are audio listeners. We might throw out some video content on our YouTube channel. So make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. But uh, that's just a little tease for you of what uh, is possibly coming. I, I we're, we're still working out the schedule. So who knows? Uh, but uh, that's the plan to get that episode out this week as well. So um, I think that's it. Let's move on, gentlemen. Since he's in the NFC North still, unfortunately, we have to talk about him on this show. <laughs> and it's Aaron Rodgers. And he's going dark for four days. He's going into a little house on the prairie. No. Uh, not on the prairie, but who knows? <laughs> Maybe it is. Um, and he is basically trying to isolate himself for four days. And you know, I said to one of my coworkers today, I really wish I could go into a dark room for four days and not have to do anything. What a luxury that must be. But anyways. Um, and maybe they got a PS5 in there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we put the screen as dark as possible. Um, but... Uh, I I'm just so sick of it. I I really am. The Rodgers the Rodgers drama, like he loves this. He loves soaking up the the paparazzi, the NFL news headlines like with this McAfee thing. That's why he does it. He wants to have his name out there, you know. Yeah. And it just I get so sick of it. Like you know, we can say what we want about Brett Favre and his off the field issues, which Trust me, there's plenty of them, but um, at least he was more of a likable guy than what Aaron Rodgers is. I just can't stand Aaron Rodgers, but um, and obviously Favre now is getting to that point with his off the field stuff. But uh, <laughs> moving on to your guys' thoughts on uh, going dark for four days, just don't be a Green Bay Packers quarterback and then we might like you. It's basically what I'm saying. Um, Tony, let's start with you this time. Aaron Rodgers going dark for four days. 
Yeah. So I mean, he, he is. Uh, yeah, sounds like he's going to hang out in a little house with no <laughs> lights, no music, no internet, uh, and he will emerge. It is Laura. I, one one thing I'll say quick, Tony. It is Laura Ingalls Wilder's birthday today. If she was still alive, so maybe oh, he well. is going to a little house on the prairie as we record okay. this on Tuesday. There you have it. Well, <laughs> le- legend has it that after this, these four days, Rogers will emerge from the little house, and uh, if he sees his shadow, we got six more weeks of winter. Uh, no, <laughs> he's gonna emerge. He's gonna emerge after four days. And then uh, apparently he will then decide his future uh, with football, whether he and he intimated that that includes retirement, uh, possibly retirement. So who knows? I I don't know. I don't see him retiring. I still have this weird feeling. And I think this kind of aligns with what you were talking about, Carson, where all this is just a bunch of smoke and mirrors for him to end up back on the Packers next year. Mm -hmm. That's. That's that's what I think. I think it's just a bunch of show, and then it's like we're all going to be talking about it, and that's the point. And then it all going to just be for nothing. So <laughs> I hope that's not the case. I hope he goes to the Browns. Um, <laughs> I don't know. No, I just I hope he goes to Wouldn't somewhere where he doesn't something? bother us anymore. That's that's where I would like. I would like him as annoying as he is. He's a heck of a quarterback. He's been a thorn in our side for far too long. I say bring on the Jordan Love era. And all the Packer fans can know what it's like to have a normal football franchise, and they will hate that. So, yeah. <laughs> David, I just don't pay attention to him. I mean, it's a good I way to go about it. Yeah, I just think you know it's, it's exactly what you guys say. Like he's just doing this stuff to stir the pot up and get the media talking about. It. I mean, I mean, what what should we be talking about right now? He's not in the Super Bowl. Well, we're talking about right. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers going dark and spending four days somewhere in the closet. Like, I I don't. I'm, if you I'm, do want Super Bowl content, though, <laughs> head on over to the Overt Sports Podcast, uh, Overt Sports Network, and the Flea Flicker fan cast. But go ahead, David. Yeah, I'm just, I, I'll just ignore him. He just, he doesn't, he doesn't do it for me. He's just, he's just too much. It's, yep. it's too much like I understand what Farb did. If it, am I going to stay? I'm going to go. That was something. But Rogers should just, I stay or should I go now? Rogers just turned this thing into something completely different. Like I'm just, I'm done with it. I'm just, I'm not paying attention to it at all. He's from California. He's a celebrity. Not you, David. You're not. A, <laughs> you're, you are I mean, a celebrity to us. But I mean, I get you're it. Not, you're not a trying like, to be celebrity. It's 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 too much. It's, it's, it's just too much. <laughs> It is. Look, this is what I say. I say the three of us, we go get a tiny house somewhere, but we That's will right. have music and there will be pizza and yeah. there will be football. So and there will be a and light. As you want light. recording podcast. Yeah. As well. yeah, I don't want to have to just feel around. It's gonna get messy with all that pizza. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty much all we have to say. Rogers, go away. That's pretty much my statement. Uh, enjoy your agreement. off season, man. You're, you're yeah. Just enjoy your off season, man. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's all you gotta do. Enjoy your time in the dark room. Yeah, that's right. He was he making but. photos or something in the dark room? Like, maybe. you never know. It's Aaron in the Rogers. corner. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. 
You never yeah. know. Here's Aaron but... eating a bowl of cereal. It's just darkness. Here's Aaron sitting in the corner, and it's just darkness. <laughs> Here's Aaron using the restroom. Wait, right. I thought he wasn't doing anything in the dark. That's right. Anyways, go away. That's all. Yeah, go away, Aaron. That is uh, that is our statement. And this has been another episode of the Skull Purple Podcast. And uh, by the way, this is a podcast by Vikings fans for Vikings fans. And we want to see the Vikings party with the Lombardi. So hopefully 2023, 2024 is the year for that to happen. Yeah. But uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. And thank you all for listening and watching on YouTube and on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get this show. Thank you for your support. And thank you for being a friend, I guess. Uh, that just came to my <laughs> mind for some reason. But uh, we are not the Golden Girls. We are the Three Amigos. So there you go. That's going to do it for this edition of the Skull Purple Podcast. And as always, Skull. Skull. Go.